episode 330 of Global From Asia podcast. This is our seventh year, and we are talking Amazon Japan with the Japan guy, Nick Katz. Let's tune in. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Happy birthday to Global From Asia. Uh, it was actually last week, but hey, October 2013, we started this show as a Hong Kong business podcast. A lot's changed, of course. Amazon e-commerce, cross-border trade, you know, a lot of people say we have no focus, but it's about Asia, international business, kind of like not the normal stuff you might see in uh, normal the normal podcast world. And we are recording this on video right now. It's uh, trying our best to be uh, innovative and upgrading the style we do these shows and putting this into the video format. Today's guest, we have Nick Katz, the Japan guy. Uh, Brit in Japan for 25 years, if you can believe that. And he's uh, Amazon seller, seven-figure seller. And he's also really, really kind and generous with his knowledge. It's really um, unbelievable. It's a really valuable show, and I'm really happy he agreed. Actually, I've met him many, many years ago. I'm really glad finally got him on the show. Of course, Global From Asia has to have the Japan guy. So let's, let's tune in. We really hope you enjoy these shows. It really means a lot to us just by watching or listening, subscribing, giving comments, sharing. But if you want to go above and beyond, we have gfavip.com, our private membership, where you get insight, access to our some of these live sessions, also some private sessions we never actually put public at all, and our community, and just really supporting what we do. If you'd like to learn more and apply, it's a amazing opportunity, gfavip.com. We are we are upping the game here. Actually, do you know this is seven years of Global From Asia as of tomorrow, so the twenty first of October, two thousand thirteen. Congrats! So yeah, man. And uh, one thing we're trying to do is engage more people with these. You know, of course, we could have just done this maybe on we could have just done this like on a uh, private Zoom or Skype or something. But we we're trying now to upgrade upgrade our uh, our game. So there's live chat in the chat. This is also on Facebook. And uh, yeah, thanks, Zach. Thank you, everybody. Um, so you know, we have we have an outline, and like Nick said, there this could go on for you know you you have you can make you should make a course. Honestly, we were talking before the show, but you're, yeah, I should, you, um, but I won't. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> All I'm right. too lazy. Everyone well, tells me I should do a a course, but I am too lazy. But it's fine. People can just hit me up for stuff. So. Sure, sure. So let me. Um, so you're the Japan guy, but you're actually not Catherine saying in the in the session. Uh, you know, she thought you would be Japanese, but you're British and you've I been am. in Japan for quite some time, right? Ten, more Since than 1995, so 25 years. So way too Amazing. long. So if, so if I tell people in Japan how long I've been in Japan, they say you should go home by now. I mean, just you know, get out. <laughs> so how did you get there what's the what's the quick story uh the really quick story is uh when i finished university i wanted to take a gap year before starting work and i came to japan for one year uh it's like a it's a job um it, and the job paid for the flights and things paid for accommodation so i came out for one year and it's been 25 years so that's nice. the short story <laughs> Similar, similar. It's not twenty five for me, but uh, similar. I 
you know, trade shows in China and then uh, felt like I should stay a little bit longer, yeah. six, six months a year and now still here. <laughs> I think I think after actually, actually someone someone told me in my first year that if you stay for three years, you'll probably stay for a very long time or for good. Mm, I think kind true, of after yeah. three years, then it starts to kind of become where you live as opposed to somewhere where you're visiting. Got it. Got it. So uh, Catherine's asking in Japan or any country, I think. I think that might be true for. I've heard a similar for just for China, but I think anywhere outside yeah. your home country, right? If, or anywhere in life, even another city, you know, another another part of, uh, you know, town. Uh, if you're happy there, and if you willingly stay there for three years, you know, there's like a time test. So, yeah, if you're there for three years, I mean, there must be, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you obviously like it, or there's something going on for you, but yeah. I mean, it's obviously not the same for everyone, but I know a lot of people who have said the same thing after we've talked yeah. about this but yeah okay so so your name nick katz the jap the japanese the, uh the japanese guru the japan the guy of, the japan guy and we we actually did meet uh quickly in hong kong with chris davy you know a little get together which was awesome and i remember i remember uh you know you're always in your a lot of wechat groups sharing your knowledge and experience you're always so accessible and i'm really happy to finally get you on the show global from asia um so you're a seven figure seller in japan selling mostly in the japanese market on amazon would you say or yes so um so i started mainly uh selling so in japan i do sell in other markets but in japan i started on amazon um, but I do have a history. I've been in retail for a very long time in Japan. I used to have my own brick and mortar store and I used to distribute. So, um, after being on Amazon for a couple of years, I, I have also moved into distribution, got my products in some of the big kind of the big box retailers in Japan. And I also sell on, uh, most of the other marketplaces or the bigger marketplaces and obviously my own site as well. But I did okay. start on Amazon Japan and that's still my definitely my main um my main uh marketplace awesome and so there's so much to cover like you said and it's, you know we we'll try to do about a half hour which is going to be really hard but i think for listeners you know people want to try new markets try to try new channels you know what what's the what's the pitch for deciding japan or not you know like we always see it in groups should i sell in this market that market what's the sales pitch or the you know what's the opportunity in japan well i mean <clears throat> there's there are lots of things you can do to to kind of um distribute your your risk so for example if you were to sell in one marketplace let's say america because obviously that's where a lot of people are selling if you sell in america you can sell it's obviously risky to sell one or two products in one marketplace but you can just start selling more and more you know, different products just in case because products have a life cycle um there is a possibility of products having an issue with you know uh, ip infringement claims or or accounts being or listings being suspended for periods of time so I, I thought it would be a good idea to to sell, uh, as opposed to doing lots of different products, to sell on different marketplaces. So that's just one option you have. Um, you can have more products in one marketplace, or you can kind of start to sell on other marketplaces um, to try and spread your risk. So if you're selling, for example, in the US and you want to sell in another marketplace, um, normally people would go and sell in the UK and then Germany. Uh, the third and fourth largest marketplaces 
in the world, Amazon marketplaces are UK and Japan. So if you're already selling, for example, in Germany, UK and America, then Japan will be your next logical fourth marketplace because those four, you, uh, America, America is by far the largest. Then Germany, UK, Japan are, are quite similar in size, but they are vastly bigger than all the other, you know, the other ones like, you know, France or people say Australia, Australia. You know, there, there are lots of very, very small ones. So okay. Japan is one of the big four. So on okay. the Amazon uh, reports, their annual reports, they show the sales every year for America, Japan, Germany, and the UK. And all the other countries go down as rest of world. They don't even break those out. So, okay. so, so if you're selling, if you want to sell on four marketplaces and you're not selling on Japan, then, you know, <laughs> you're not selling on four marketplaces. You're selling on 3.1 or 3.2 marketplaces. So it's just the large, so it's just a logical step. So that's one thing. It's a big marketplace. And the other one, I mean, personally, I find it to be the most profitable marketplace for a number of reasons. Uh, I find there's less competition. There's way less returns. Um, PPC costs are much less uh, for the products that I have sold in other marketplaces as well. It's not obviously there. There still are products that will be very expensive if you try to sell Bluetooth headphones in Japan. It'll be as expensive as anywhere else. But generally, costs are lower. Competition is lower. Competition is inferior. The domestic Japanese sellers aren't very sophisticated, so your main sophistic your main uh, competition will be as it, well not most places your main competition in Japan will be Chinese sellers but your main competition in America would probably be good American sellers as well but there aren't very many uh, high level Japanese sellers okay so those are some some reasons why you probably would want to look at Japan if you were looking to sell in another marketplace got it got it um let's go well you're you know I know, you know, I'm trying to be thinking of the people watching, you know, listening, tuning in today. You're in Japan, right? You, you speak Japanese, yeah. you know, you've been there 25 years. So yeah. um, obviously you, you have a really clear advantage. Like somebody listening today, you know, it's pretty overwhelming. Is there a company set up or can you do cross-border? You know, um, there's the duties, there's the language barrier, you know. Yeah. Um, there are there are barriers like that, but that you know, Amazon is the same everywhere. I mean, Amazon Japan does have a few less features than um, than Europe, and Europe's got some less than America. So there are, but essentially, Seller Central is the same. The whole process is essentially the same. So when it comes to language, obviously, language is a barrier. But my, so I actually have higher sales in Germany. Um, I make more money in Japan. So I do sell a lot in Germany and I don't speak a lick of German. So the whole language barrier thing, I just do not, you know, I don't believe that's a barrier at all. I, I actually do the PPC for Germany and I, I do it, I think, pretty well. I've been there, selling there for three years now and I've got very low ACOS. And that's not without, and I, and I don't know the language at all because just look wow. at the data. And, you, you know, it's kind of better to not know the language. I do have a part-time German VA um, who helps with responding to customers. So, like, 
Japan's a different language, but it's the lang language is never a barrier. I don't think. I don't think that's a good reason. And I, I find Germany a lot better than the UK. I find that the UK has got a lot of competition just because I think it's mainly American English. sellers want to sell there because it's English. Yeah. But the German marketplace is way bigger and way better. Um, well, there's definitely a lot more chance there to make. Well, the profits definitely higher than the UK because oh. of the language barrier. So Japan is definitely a, a big step from that as well. As in, if you've got a product that's a good fit for Japan, you're probably going to make a lot more money for a lot longer because everyone thinks that it's a barrier and it's not. Got it. All right. Which is good. Um, Catherine's asking, I, I'm not sure, uh, Catherine Chen, she's saying, will the product need to be different to sell in the US, UK, or Japan? I, I don't think, as long as it's able to be imported and sold there or... or yeah, so uh, that's kind of a difficult thing. I mean, I, I kind of have found that there are very few global products. So things like Bluetooth headphones, are they'll be, you know, the number one or the top, certainly the top 10 selling products in probably every single marketplace. They're very ubiquitous. Everybody needs them. But usually for most products, there will be a cultural reason why a product will be more popular in one country than another. So even between America and Japan, there's lots of cultural reasons why there's lots of products that wouldn't sell as well. Americans tend to have bigger houses, for example, bigger gardens. I mean, this is the weather is not as good in the UK. It, there's lots of things that would mean it's very difficult to sell exactly the same product everywhere. And that definitely goes for Japan. So there are some products that would sell very well in all marketplaces, but normally for Japan, you'd probably either want to have a different variation of the product you're selling or just you definitely need to look into uh, whether it's a fit for Japan or not. And I find that the biggest problem when people want to sell in the smaller marketplaces like Japan or the same for any other one apart outside America is that because the marketplaces are smaller, if you try and sell a very niche product to get, you know, your 10, 20 a day in America, you're not going to get very many sales a day. So normally you want to have a slightly higher level. Um, you want to kind of go, go up the category. You don't want to niche down. I say niche up. You want to kind of go back. You don't want to go down to the sub, sub, sub categories because you're not going to get enough sales. So if you've got a product that's doing like 20, 30, 40 a day in America, that's probably going to be doing one, two, three a day, or maybe not as well. It could do in Japan. So you need to have a product that has a bit more of an appeal because of the size of the market's different. But that's the same for every marketplace outside America, basically. If you start in America, you're kind of screwed because your way of thinking is kind of wrong. If you start in Europe, you'll probably find Japan a lot easier because it's the same size or bigger for a lot of the markets. Um, so it, it kind of it does depend where you start and how you think about these. Makes sense, though. Makes sense. Yeah, we've we've had some others in the community talk about you know they started in the German market. They're trying to go global. They're or the, you know the other fear though, if you start a local market, your other your other market competitors might enter your market. So sometimes it's better to be aggressive than def defensive, right? So you yeah, could, yeah. rather than waiting for them to come to you, you go you go to them. You know, they be offensive rather than defensive, which is another yeah, way yeah. to think about it. Um, yeah. So uh, still the same FBA. You you use. Uh, FBA Japan, you send your yeah. stuff there. They take care of everything. So everything. 
yeah, everything's the same. Yeah, the whole everything is the same. FBM is the same. FBA is the same. The whole system, everything is the same. There is recently there's been a problem with uh, in Japan. You've always needed something called an importer of record, which is a company you're not allowed to send your products directly into a fulfillment center. But recently, there's been a big crackdown with the customs office, and they're not allowing people to use IORs. So it is a bit more difficult to get your products into. Japan is basically you don't want to go directly into a fulfillment center. You want to go to a company, to a warehouse, and have them send it on to a fulfillment center. This is a very new problem.、Mm. Um, I've actually got. I actually did a.、Uh, I did a、uh, a video yesterday or two days ago with、oh. um, another guy in Japan who's got. A, I've got a Facebook group. He's got a Facebook group. We did a、okay. we did a video call about this.、Uh, then there's a video、Great. on both of our pages. That kind of sure, I, I just went through and explained what the current problem is and how to get around it.、Um, there yeah, certainly are ways to get around it, but yeah, yeah, we can link it up in the show notes or、um, and talk、yeah. about it more later. But so, yeah,、so、I think that's happening everywhere in the world. The trend is going that way. I mean, I think you know, I don't want to say it's gray, but even in the U.S., people used to try to like you know have logistics companies as importers, and you know there's there's also liability with the importer of record in any country. They're、yes. the they're the ultimate.、Uh, they're the yeah, like as it says, importer record means if there's a product liability problem, if there's a、yeah. you know quality problem, a question, anything that goes, to, that's who they they look up. That's who they call. So, yeah, yeah. The, yes, the IOR is ultimately responsible for the product. But there's been the reason for the the current problem in Japan. It's it's a lot of it is because of a crackdown. We think it's probably because of the Chinese sellers who aren't paying um, tax. Um, so、yeah. they're kind of trying to get their tax. So it's it's yeah, it's kind of I'm not going to go through it now because that's a yeah, whole I huge thing. Yeah, I think we all get itself, it. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's similar in Europe,、now. similar in in the US.、Um, whether it's Japan. You know, a Chinese seller or any other international seller. You know, it, it, it's、uh, that's the whole point. Of, I guess well, the whole trend is things are getting in this direction. Things are the gray or the you know things, the policies, the procedures, the red tape or the correct way is getting more and more required to be done. Just generally, it seems globally. Yeah, it seems like barriers are going up so that governments can get tax money. Seems to be a、yeah. thing as well. That happened last year in Germany, where they kind of even if you had a German VAT number. They, they, and you know, you don't have to have a VAT number unless you've got a hundred thousand euros in sales. They added this new VAT, this, this new tax requirement that you had to, so you had to get a VAT registered to get this other number and register that in Amazon so that you could sell. It was stupid. It was like, so people had to get VAT registered even if they were under the threshold. It's just to get money. Basically, it's、yeah. happening in the states. It's happening everywhere,、yeah. right?、It's, they realize、yeah. that Amazon. There's a lot of money that can be made from Amazon sellers. Yeah, well, with the rise of e-commerce and、uh, governments getting more desperate for cash, you know, it's it's inevitable, right? It was something we were all maybe getting away with for too long, if you know,、um, you know, just kind of more on this procedures, trademarks, you know, brand registry,、uh, IP kind of stuff.、Uh, generally, same procedure. Yep, that's the same thing. So if you've got if you've got brand registry in another marketplace, you can transfer your brand registry to Japan.、Um, I I tend to transfer my brand registry a different way. Most people seem to be reapplying in each marketplace,、um, but you can just basically give yourself brand registry in another marketplace, so you don't actually have to reapply. That's not a process that's required. Anyway, if you have it in one place, you can get it in another. If you've got a 
um, if you've got a trademark in Europe or America or somewhere, you can use that to apply in okay. Japan. It's not a problem. So uh, if you wanted to get a trademark in Japan, you can do that. As If you actually wanted to apply for a trademark in Japan, you can do that. And you need to do that if there is an infringement claim. Um, so you can use your trademark in another country to get brand registry if you want to be if you want to have a bit more um, enforcement uh, maybe enforcement then you're going to have to get a trademark in Japan and it's not it's not that difficult it's not that expensive it does take a little bit of time it took me about I can't remember now like six seven months but my UK ones I got those in you know less than two months so it's yeah. it's it's yeah it's not that hard it's not that expensive you can certainly you just got to google it and you'll find someone in um it is harder to find uh service providers who can handle english but if you google in english um and you find a company that has a website that is in english then they'll they'll they will be used to working with foreign clients got i obviously it. don't need to do that but that's one thing you know um, there certainly will be people and they'll probably be in Tokyo as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a question I get a lot is English speaking service providers in Japan. But, you know, I mean, I guess the English, there's not there's not as many English speaking just like from I think we've talked about it in, in my experience, too. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know why. Well, I kind of do know why. But the, in, in Japan, the level of English is really, really low. It should be a lot higher. They study English as long as, you know, they, they study for many years. Um, but I suppose English people are, are absolutely useless at French and we study for the same amount of time. But um, you know, Japanese are really, really bad at English generally, awful. Um, so many companies don't speak. But they will, if say, if you Google in English and you find a website that has English on it, that means there's a reason for that. They will be able to, they will have staff that will handle it. So it's, it's, okay. it's okay. Okay, great. And also people have questions, you know, you're here live and we're also going to have some live chat after for the people in the, in the, in the air meet. Um, just keep that going. Um, so I would assume, you know, everyone always thinks about product launch, you know, reviews, I guess every PPC. So it seems like what you already said is it's, it's less competition. Uh, PPC is easier. So it's, it seems like, uh, you don't have to stress yeah. so much about launching there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, launching, well, yeah. The launch process is the same as everywhere. You don't. There aren't really any rebate companies. Uh, well, I've certainly never used a rebate company. It's not as easy to do rebates in Japan. There's, there is a tax reason for that, and also another problem is that Japanese people generally don't use PayPal, so it's not as actually easy to rebate. You'd have to okay. use something like Line, or but so generally that's not really done, but. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, you don't need to have as many products don't have as many reviews, even very, very high selling products don't have as many reviews as they would in other marketplaces. So you don't need as many reviews. Okay. So you only really need, you know, if you've got five, 10, that's generally more oh. than enough. So, yeah. um, and you can always like, if you want to kind of do it the slightly gray way, you, you can go on the there are websites you can go to, or you could go to things like Fiverr. You'll find Japanese people that will, that will do it. Got it. And just a shout out to Zach Franklin on the, sh he's sent a chat. He also runs uh, Panda Leap, which is a European uh, launch service. And uh, he says he's tried to do a launch, a review rebate service. He says it's really hard, impossible. So <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess, uh, 
I'm curious to know why. Maybe that's another show. But yeah, well, I guess yeah. you don't need to stress about it. it. Seems like you don't need to stress about it too much. Uh, you know, like five to yeah. ten reviews shouldn't be too. You don't need as many. Actually, Catherine has got a very good question <laughs> here. Sorry, let me see Facebook social. Yeah, so the that's actually quite an interesting question about Facebook because um, Facebook exists in Japan. People use Facebook in Japan. You'll find that most Facebook users in Japan use Facebook because they've got um, foreign friends. Japanese people don't tend to use Facebook as a rule. Uh, Japanese people do tend to use um, um, Instagram a lot. So I do a lot of Instagram advertising. I find Instagram to be incredibly effective. Um, and the if you want to do any promotion in Japan, um, use Line. Line is where it's at. Um, that's a whole kind of... That's a big long discussion we could get into. Yeah, about. I mean that's kind of like a lot. That's another marketing. I mean, just yeah, just a definitely line. Just look into it. Go. Yeah, just giving people just just saying line is helpful. I mean, I have a line account. I think yeah. uh, I haven't installed in a while, but yeah, it's basically like the number one chat app in 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 Japan by far. It's like you will never find anybody who's not online. You know, from a ten year old to a ninety nine year old, everybody is online. It is. It is incredibly ubiquitous. It's amazing. If you meet anybody, you'll exchange line. It's so it's brilliant. Japan focuses has focused all on this one app, so it makes it so easy. So I I I have line lists. We just build line users as opposed to building email users, and you can build line really really fast. And if I send out something to um, to, to my line group, like a sale, like I did last weekend. I mean, it just crashes. I've got a really good site and a really good server. It still crashes it because it, there's so much people, you know, click and go into it really, really fast because it's obviously it's mobile. It's like, yeah. you know, as we use WeChat. So definitely look into line. If you want to do promotion in Japan, it's that's, that's really where it's at. Got it. Great. And then another one from Zach, but it's not really about Japan, but just about the chats. Instagram just did announce an API opening up. So many chat will be going with Instagram. But yeah, that's not really about Japan specifically. And then Catherine's asking about email. I think email is probably not so popular in Japan, right? Like, it's- uh, yeah. Okay. So um, email. So so we have we have email lists. You know, I keep I try and keep my email list as clean as possible. So I keep it above fifty uh, percent um, open rates. So I do use email a lot. It is useful. There is a there is a specific problem with Japan and that everybody uses smartphones and, and most people use a smartphone email. And a lot of the smartphone emails, um, people use uh, email formats that you're not allowed to use, as in finishing with a dot before the at mark, which works between phones, but it doesn't actually work if you try and send somebody an email. So that's one problem. Another one is uh, one of the largest services is called Docomo in Japan. And you cannot send an email to somebody who has a Docomo account. Uh, they won't receive the email. They have to accept the domain before they can receive an email. So it means a lot of people won't be received. It's a bit of a pain in the ass. So on all the email forms that we've got on our websites, we have to keep on reminding people, if you've got a Docomo, if you're using a Docomo email address, put in our domain so that you can receive the emails we get it used to be really bad at the beginning we get a lot of complaints people would like fill out the warranty form they didn't get the email back because they're using docomo so that's there are a few things you've got to kind of um but the email is still good though email is still useful we use it a lot 
use it a lot. Great, great. This is really amazing. Thanks again, Nick, for sharing all this. Um, I think we're about five five more minutes or so, and then we'll go into our uh, our just our our smaller table. Um, I saw I saw Catherine also mentioning in the chat, but besides Amazon, obviously there's she's. I'm going to mess up the name. Rocketuk Rocketukin Rakuten. Rakuten, Rakuten, and there's yeah. other, there's many other channels. I think you also mentioned it when we're preparing for the show. Amazon yeah. is one, but and what would yeah. you say is Amazon versus the others in Japan? Like, is it a, okay? A- That's a very, very good question. So, um, in many countries, like for example, America or probably UK, Germany, Amazon is by far the largest. And I, I, I go and speak generally every year in Germany, and. So I, you know, I'm very, very aware that countries like, for example, France or lots of European countries, there are there are other marketplaces or other online stores that are as big, if not bigger, than Amazon. Everyone thinks Amazon's the biggest everywhere. It is not. Um, and in Japan, Amazon's main rival is Rakuten, or Rakuten's main rival is Amazon. Um, they together they have about thirty percent. They've got about fifteen percent each. Um, and although Amazon's getting bigger and bigger every year, and Rakuten's getting a little bit smaller, the products that sell on Rakuten are completely different from, there are Amazon products and there are Rakuten products. Mm. And some products are a better fit. If you want to, for example, clothing, Amazon sucks. Food, Amazon sucks. Rakuten <laughs> clothing and food and supplements is absolutely amazing. And also higher price products. So, and certainly products north of about 70 80 dollars you want to start looking at rakuten and the reason why rakuten although the site itself is horrible it's the worst shopping experience <laughs> ever and i avoid it as as much as i can japanese love rakuten because everyone's got a rakuten credit card everybody goes when they go and fill up with with petrol with gas at the gas station they use their rakuten card they get points rakuten points are everywhere they're in people pay, you know, this is, there's so like Rakuten is everywhere in Japan and it's those points. And that's the reason why people use the site. Um, so you definitely need to look at both of them. So I'm on Rakuten and on Amazon. Um, they definitely have their advantages. The PPC platform is as horrible on Rakuten. They, they only started a proper PPC last year and it's the worst, it's the worst, uh, advertising platform I've ever had to, <laughs> try and use it's like it's ridiculous it's so awful but it's definitely going to get better that's for sure got it interesting so yeah i mean we're in 2020 you know and covid has really accelerated e-commerce i'm assuming same's happened in japan uh it's it's a question from catherine too but i guess just in general like what i don't know you might not have the stats or the numbers but you know i what do you think is a percentage breakdown of online sales offline, you know, e-commerce versus retail? I, I can't. Yeah, I don't I don't know what yeah, those I are, but I can that. tell you that, that I can tell you that, that retail is very, very strong in Japan. It always has been and it always will be. Then there, there never was a lockdown uh, in Japan. Um, a lot of stores in Tokyo did close down for a few months. I moved a lot into retail um, at the end of last year. And that was obviously affected, but retail is still very, very large in Japan. There certainly the, the, there are a lot of chains that you know p- people just go to. People go there as a day out, kind of like I mean, I've talked about this in other things. The places like Costco, for example, that's a day out. Going to IKEA is a day out. Americans will just think it's the funniest thing, like 
you, you, you know, you, you just go to Costco to do your shopping. In Japan, going to Costco is an event, okay? Yeah. So there's a lot of people, they, they will, the shopping malls still do very well here, the Eon shopping malls that you get in China, right? That's obviously a Japanese yeah, company. Yeah. So, so retail is still, retail is still great. It's brilliant for a lot of products. Um, there certainly has been more of a move to offline. How far, I don't know, but I, I would expect retail, uh, store retail to, to come back strong. Um, okay. And people are out shopping a lot in Japan. As I say, there isn't a lockdown. There's the, the, the infection rates of COVID are very, very low. So it, it is a different, it's a different market, you know? Okay. It's a different market. Great. Um, so Catherine, we can talk in the networking after. Um, and okay. Yeah. Let me, we'll add some, I'm also figuring out the format of this call. So we have some great active people. Um, let's, let's invite them on stage just for the end, this last end. If they have a couple questions, uh, I'll do that. So for those on Facebook, you know, this is the, we're doing this on a, on an online platform for, um, for people in the GFA VIP community. And, um, I'm inviting Catherine first. I'm learning this software. We're all learning. Um, my last main tech question is Japanese website. Do you need a, a Japanese um, uh, website um, for oh, this? Cool. Yeah, I guess. I guess either for your brand or for customer support or expectations or for sales or, or any of that. Well, you don't. You don't need a website any more than you need a website anywhere else. But you you want to have a website that's for sure yeah i mean the website is is your home base i wouldn't yes you definitely okay. i mean i i would recommend a website you don't have to have one but i'd got certainly it. recommend having one got yeah. it okay yeah. i brought Catherine up zach didn't didn't join um so we're going to go into the networking stage i think we'll unless Catherine, do you want to say anything on the last for the q a Catherine's no, in london uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. fine. I'm happy with all the answers that Nick provided. It's very interesting to know a new market. Yeah, Not thanks. Um, the last thing just for the people on Facebook or live or for our recording is uh, how can people, you know, connect with you, find you? Um, um, on, uh, on the web? Yeah, okay. So probably the easiest way, I do have a website that I haven't been updating, but you can contact me through there. And it's thejapanguy.jp. Very okay. easy to remember. The yeah, Japan yeah. guy dot jp not dot com. That's a different guy. <laughs> um, so if you go to the Japan guy dot jp, there's a contact form there. You can contact me there. You can contact me at nick at the Japan guy dot jp. That's probably the easiest way. I've also got a Facebook group called Amazon Japan PL. Okay. Um, it's been going for like four years since 2016 um Great. and that's kind of a good place if people people ask me questions a lot on messenger and i ask them to ask it in the group just yeah. so that when i reply but it's not a very active group to be honest but you know but it's still a good a good way to contact me if you've got any questions okay i'll sneak in the last question from zach but i think we're going to go into the table mode for those in the in this live session but he's asking about like licenses for websites or servers there's i think that's just just china right mainland china has ic they, you have to get licenses and approval but i don't think there's anything like that no you don't need any of that no 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 you don't okay, need any, no you don't need no all right. So for those, don't don't go away. If you're on this, um, we're going to go into table mode where we can jump around and, and to connect a little bit. Again, thank you so much, Nick, for sharing. It's really great. I, I'm glad we finally made this happen. You've been on my list for a while. And uh, let's uh, let's keep. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Mike. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thank okay. you.
Okay, thank you. We're going to go into table mode. We're bringing it back. Loadpipe.com, our group buying from Factory Direct platform. A little bit of a break after this whole PPE and the pandemic and everything, but people keep asking both on the factory side and on the importer seller side, where's Loadpipe? We want some more products. So we're working on build, bringing it back. We're going to integrate that into our content. We're going to have live demos of different factory products and things happening. Stay tuned for more, and I look forward to sharing with you. Loadpipe.com. Thank you so much, Nick, for sharing. I hope everybody enjoyed. That was actually using our live streaming setup. Now we're doing these with, we invite our GFA VIP members on. We stream this on Facebook. We're trying to stream it on more places. We're doing video now. We're, of course, audio. Originally, is where we started audio seven years ago. There's lots going on. Lots going on. I hope this was fun for you. And I'm open to always feedback. We're trying to make this better and more impactful and really get our community together even more. So thanks again. Subscribe if you're on iTunes or YouTube or WeChat or I Himalaya in China. So wherever you are, I hope you're enjoying this. We're trying to put this to reach as many people, help as many people as we possibly can. So thanks again. See you later. I'm Mike Michelini, host of Global From Asia. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.